everybody, and welcome to a brand new podcast that you've never heard before, and we've never heard before, because we're just doing it now and making it all up as we go along. So uh, for those of you who have no idea who we are, which is probably all of you, uh, my name is Dan, and uh, with me, as I was going to say as always, but well, you kind of are, but you know. I will be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tell the good folks who you are. I am Frankie. Yes, and uh, together we are Dan and Frankie Go to Hollywood. This is a podcast that is going to be talking about movies because that is something that the two of us are extremely passionate about. Um, Yeah, ever since I was born, I have loved movies. Uh, I guess the same goes for you. Yeah, probably not as much as you. I think maybe it was more late teens or so that I, it really kicked into gear, although I've always loved movies in general. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I ever since I was about four and saw Star Wars on the big screen that inspired a massive love of movies for me. Uh, and one day, I uh, yeah, a couple of years ago, I was, I was just bumming around on Twitter because it used to be a fun place to, to go and hang out and, uh, yeah, you know, not care about the world until it turned into a cesspool of hatred. But, um, yeah, there was a uh, friend of mine who had this person named Frankie who kept posting a lot of things about movies and Blu-rays and stuff. And every now and then I'd see these tweets and think to myself, I wonder who this person is. And I remember when... I think it was when you moved house and you set up a new Blu-ray shelf and you posted pictures of it. That was the moment I was like, I need to know more about who this person is. Um, and so I, uh, yeah, sent you a, sent you a random DM thinking to myself, Oh God, you're going to think I'm some creepy weirdo. You had followed me before that though. Cause I remember when you followed me and I was like, who's this guy? Oh, he has a YouTube channel. He's one of those people that's just following me so that I'll watch his channel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. I did follow you. Yeah, I, I, I forgot about that. But again, I was kind of like, you know, I don't want to come across as, you know, creepy internet person. So I just hung back in the shadows and stalked you from the alleyways, which is even creepier than, yeah, anyway. Um, but no, so, so um, yeah, you, you, posted one night about one missed call you remember that yes in my 31 days of horror right right uh and i was like oh my god like you're this really cool person who's like completely into movies who doesn't live that far from me and you're now watching asian horror which happens to be my most favorite beloved subgenre of horror films uh i am obsessed with asian horror films and I wrote to you on the 19th of the 10th, 21, at 11.58 p.m. Hi there. Hey, really happy you enjoyed One Missed Call. I adore that movie so much. Actually have a bit of an obsession with Asian horror films and have a small library of them, around 40 or so. So if you're ever up for some recommendations, let me know. I hope that spider didn't give you too much grief. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> What was that about? I, I think I think I had a huntsman in the kitchen that I was catching. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, and so, yeah, you hit back. Uh, film recommendations are always welcome, especially when it's Asian horror. Um, uh, and then, yeah, you went into this lengthy uh, conversation about Asian horror, and I was like, oh, "This is a kindred <laughs> spirit." Um, and 
yeah, then, um, so yeah, we, we ended up, didn't we, we talked for like every single day for months. <laughs> at first. Like that. Yeah, yeah, it was every single day we ended up talking to each other and, I, and then funnily enough, uh, the first time we met in person was to see a movie. It was, it was, because, um, yeah, thanks to my YouTube channel, Movie Talk with Dan Jensen, uh, I was getting invitations to premieres and screenings and stuff, and um, I most of the time didn't have a plus one because <laughs> I was lonely. Anyway, um, but... I yeah I figured you know if you wanted to be a plus one I remember sending you that thing saying hey you know if you if you'd like and you're just like yes uh and so yeah the premiere for Dune part one came up and that was where we first met in person and you were extremely awkward and shy and, and as always yeah yeah but uh but over over time in the last two years, the more that we've gotten to know each other, um, yeah, it is ridiculous. Like, we feel like we've known each other for 20 years. Um, Frankie is now one of my most absolute best cherished friends in the world. And I was always telling her she needs to start a movie <laughs> podcast called Frankie Goes to Hollywood because you, she was born for that. Um, but... Yeah, you didn't want to, though. No. Well, I couldn't do something like that on my own. Mm, well, the jury is still out on that one. But anyway, um, and yeah, uh, over the years, like the conversations that we've had about movies, just endless discussions where neither of us can possibly shut up. And we thought, look, what are we doing with our lives? Let's do this. Let's let's start a podcast. So, um, yeah. The reason we're saying all this is because right now, this episode, which we're calling episode zero in comic book tradition, um, is going to be a get to know us uh, introductory episode and also an explanation of how this is going to work. Um, this is pretty much completely Frankie's brainchild. I'm kind of more the creative element of it, doing the logos and pretty pictures and stuff, whereas Frankie is your program director for this thing well kind of oh kind of some of some of the movies will be coming from you it's not just like i'm saying this is what we're watching well you know I, only some of it yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um yeah no i'm i'm very happy to let you steer all that sort of stuff so um yeah uh, is there anything you wanted to add to this engaging and wonderful story of how two friends met and started a podcast. I think you've covered it. Oh, okay. Well, fine. Well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, well, how about you? Do you want to tell people about what they can expect from this podcast if they ever want to tune in for another episode? So what we're thinking is... Just the first part of the episodes will just be a general chat about what we've been watching, any movie news or anything like that that we think is interesting. And then we're going to go into our focus, which will be three movies every episode. One movie is a favorite of both of us, of which we have many. Hmm. And then the other fun part is one of the three movies will be a favorite of mine that Dan has never seen, so mm -hmm. I will force him to watch it. Oh, no. And then the third movie will be a favorite of Dan's that I've never <laughs> seen that he will force me to watch. 
and we will discuss all of them. We will do general discussion at first, uh, non-spoilery thoughts and about the movie. So if you haven't seen it, you can get inspired to go find it. Mm. And then we will have our sealed section at the Whoa. end, which will be spoilery fun discussion of all our favorite bits. Mm-hmm. That is right. And if you're lucky, it'll have a free aftershave sample or something <laughs> like that that my dad's Playboy magazines had back when I was growing up. Anyway, um, oh, well, look well, at that. I had Perfume and Girlfriend magazine was my yeah, thing. That's, and that's then the meant. whole magazine would smell pretty awful after you had opened that. All right, so shall we now announce what our films will be for our first actual episode? I think that is a great idea. Uh, our first uh, first episode, when will that be? <laughs> well, <laughs> our first episode will be on the 5th of January, on the Friday, mm -hmm. and then we'll be back every fortnight on Friday after that. Gosh darn it, what's a fortnight? <laughs> 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 Every two weeks for those who oh, right. do not use the term Fortnite, which I only recently yes. discovered was not a worldwide thing. Yeah, I only used an American accent just because it was just random foreign. I did not mean to aim that at Americans because I am sure all of our American listeners right now absolutely know what a Fortnite is other than a video game that eight-year-olds play. <laughs> um, so, yes, I, I would love to talk about the movies that we're going to subject to each other and stuff well so, uh, okay let's start with our favorite so ooh, yeah. we had many to pick from we wanted to do an extra mm. good one for the first episode of course and mm -hmm. uh dan let me pick and the first movie that popped into my mm. head for some reason was mole rats mm -hmm. yes mole rats oh my god a movie that i have seen uh at least a dozen times but i have not seen in quite a while um but yeah that oh boy i've got a lot to say about that film and my history with kevin smith and the universe so yeah that's 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 gonna be quite an episode mm. that one uh and so for our movies that we are going to force each other to watch oh there's a movie that is so dear to my heart and i must admit i'm might have actually overlooked it had you not said to me, oh, I bet you're going to pick <laughs> this one. Um, but as soon as you said, I was like, oh, God, that's a no-brainer. So, yeah, there's a little action movie that came out in, I believe it was 1988, uh, called Deadly Prey. And so brief, uh, brief disclosure, I love, love, love movies that are so bad they're amazing. Um, they are up there with my most favorite kinds of films and deadly prey was a film that i saw back in the early 90s and it has just been such a massive part of my life and yeah frankie needs to see that you need to see it so yes i'll be making you watch that one cool and i have your dvd on my shelf so yeah it's it's yes, all ready to go right. my my bootleg dvd because they never actually released a proper version of it and if you actually look on the back cover it's actually got a picture from cannibal <laughs> holocaust for some strange reason i can't explain why but it sort of suits it so uh yeah so that's what i'm making you watch what are you gonna make well my pick is a very famous movie that i was quite surprised you hadn't seen and so instantly knew that you must mm. see it and that is the burbs mm -hmm. 
wonderful horror comedy yeah. uh, that mm. is the movie that reminds me I don't hate Tom, Tom Hanks because I studied Forrest Gump at school in so much detail that it made me think that I hate Tom Hanks. And then I watch a movie and go, I don't hate mm. Tom Hanks. But no, He likes <laughs> you from what I've heard. He's actually listening right now. <laughs> Trying to work out what a Fortnite is because he's American. Oh, <laughs> uh, whoopsie daisy. Um, yeah, no, the funny thing is from the cover of the Burbs, um, because I used to work in a lot of video stores and so I was quite familiar with it and I can see it in my head. Tom Hanks standing there in a dressing gown holding a, mm. is it a garden hose? I think so, yeah. Does he have a garden? Wow. That is just photographic memory right there. Um, I always got the impression it was just like a typical 80s comedy that's sort of maybe I'd seen a hundred times before. No, I think um, you're going to love it. It's suburbia, little cul-de-sac, and mm-hmm. all the neighbours get together to talk about this suspicious, weird family that's just moved into the street. And, yeah, it's so much right. fun. See, that's the thing. Yeah, like I, I never knew what it was about. And it is just it just goes to show you cannot judge a movie by its poster um because yeah i had no idea that there was like yeah. a i mean it's definitely 80s comedy fun it, so. but yeah there there is some horror mixed mm-hmm. in there too and it's just one of the best all-time movies so you will enjoy i'm sure well i'm very looking forward to seeing it almost as much as i'm looking forward <laughs> to your reaction to deadly prey uh oh man i yeah, this next episode can't come fast enough. So, all right. Well, so there you go. That is what everybody has to look forward to if they want to stick around after uh, after this little introductory thing. But um, what, what what do you think is a good way for people to get to well, know us? Well, how about we tell them 10 of our favorite films to get to know us, our personality. Not a bad idea. Let's go. All right. So, yes, the brief that I was given was 10 films to get to know us. And being that my brain goes in different directions quite often, um, I interpreted that as 10 films that would define my personality in a way, uh, because I I have a top 10 favorite movies of all time, uh, which I... When I started my YouTube channel, somebody said to me once, oh, you should do your top 10 favorite movies of all time. And I was like, are you absolutely kidding me right now? <laughs> like, um, that's impossible. And then I thought, no, challenge accepted. And I actually worked out what my top 10 favorite movies of all time are. But um, yeah, this list though, yeah, uh, movies, even though there are a couple that were on my all-time favorite list, but they, I think, are movies that, express who I am as a person, uh, whereas you went a yeah, slightly well, different... Yeah, well, first of all, there is no way in hell I could ever do a top 10 of all time. <laughs> that's, that's never going to happen. <laughs> um, so I looked through all yeah. my favourites and I picked 10 and then I thought, they, I don't know if they show my personality and taste in movies enough, so I swapped some out that were just good movies to some that meant something to me, maybe had a story, and then I thought, that's not enough. I need to put more in that show the variety of things I'm into, rather, because some of them don't have nostalgia or a story. And then I just overthought it 
all all of that. And then I've got 10 movies now <laughs> and I don't know if they really define me, but it does show what I'm mm. into. And they're all good movies, so good enough. <laughs> yeah. I think if anything defines you, it's the fact that you currently have how many notebooks? In front My of you? life is notebooks. If there's anything like house renovations, anything, I will get a notebook for it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, whereas I had my list on my phone, which is now down to 16%, so I've just transcribed it before we started recording onto a Microsoft Word document. Um, yeah, that that really... Actually, we don't even need to go into this. That is who we are. She's the organized one. I don't have a clue what yeah. I'm doing. And I also overthink things. My list has changed so much over a week or so that we decided on doing this. And I even swapped out a film completely a few hours ago. So. All right. Well, I think it would, uh, since this was your brainchild, I think it would be only only fitting that you go first. So. Okay. So these are not ranked because they're not our favorites, mm. but we're going to number them anyway. So my number mm -hmm. 10 is Amelie. Ah, very good. Very good. Very good. And why do you have that on your list? Oh, because it's whimsical and romantic and weird and fun. And I just remember it blew me away the first time I saw it, which mm -hmm. would have been around the time it came out. Mm. And I haven't watched it for quite a few years, but it's one mm. I always would consider a favorite. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Mm. I, I'm i with you there. I, I've only seen it once, but I loved it so much I bought the Blu-ray. And mm. that is always a sign that I loved a movie. Uh, but... Yeah, I also remember being quite enchanted by, yeah, whimsical. That is mm. such a perfect word for that film. Um, and for a movie that I've only seen once, what year did that movie come out? That was uh, mid-2000s? It, it was 2000, 2001. 2001, right, right. So, yeah, it's probably been like 20 years since I've seen it, uh, which is kind of a crime, especially since I own it. It is just upstairs. <laughs> I could go up, grab it. Bring it downstairs, put it in because it's physical media and screw you streaming. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I haven't seen it in a very long time. But uh, yeah, no, good choice. Um, all right. Well, okay. I'm going to go, I, I listed mine one through to 10, but I'm going to start with 10 because to be honest, that was the least favorite film of this lot. But the one that I've picked at number 10 and because they're films that, you know, I felt define me, uh, mm. I've got The Rocker on there. Um, mm. Yeah, with, uh, with Rain Wilson and <laughs> a whole bunch of great people. Um, but the reason that I put that on there is because that movie just always appealed to me about someone who his dream was dashed, you know, and like years went on and, you know, I love how you got this sort of older guy who joins a band of kids, you know, but like sort of makes his dream come true. I mean, I'm a late bloomer with so many things in my life. Um, you know, I always wanted to record a, you know, on a on an album with a band and that didn't happen until a couple of years ago for me. Um, and I still haven't made a feature film in my life yet, which I really want to do. I've done tons of other short films, music videos and everything, but uh, so there's a lot of things that I still want to do. And that film gives me assurance that it's never too late to make something happen. So, uh, yeah. So that's my number 10. Not a favorite of mine, but 
I identify with it. You'll probably be sad to hear that I have watched about 15 minutes of it. All right, and, I, and ladies and gentlemen, I, that's the end of me no, for the podcast. I did not dislike it. That's not why yeah. I stopped watching. But uh, mm-hmm. as you know, I decided sometime in this year, and I mm. can tell you when, mm. but uh, I decided to watch all the Emma Stone's films in order that mm-hmm. I had not seen, and that's yeah. one of her very early ones. So mm. I did start watching it, but something happened and I had to turn it off and I just haven't got back to it because the last few months of this year have been crazy with things to watch. Look, honestly, there are a million better films than that one. Uh, it's not a great film, but yeah, like I said... You're still going to watch it. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've, I've seen it a couple of times now, but... Um, yeah, no, like I said, it's just a film that I really identify with because I think it's, yeah, it's good inspiration for anyone who thinks that their ship has sailed and they missed the ship that sailed or something. Ah, <laughs> oh, wow, I'm trying to sound philosophical here and I'm sounding like a complete idiot. So how about you uh, go into your uh, number nine? All right, number nine. I thought I'd get this one out of the way for you who knows me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do not have a favorite film because that's too hard. But the film I generally say when people ask me what my favourite film is, is The Lost Boys. <laughs> oh, yes. Which I know a lot of people aren't into. I think maybe it depends when you saw it first. And I saw it when I was 12, which I remember because I was at my friend's 13th birthday sleepover and we watched The Lost Boys and Pet Cemetery, And that was the start of my Kiva Sutherland obsession and Corey <laughs> Feldman. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I just think this is the most fun movie. It's silly. Everyone's wearing cool clothes. It's the 80s, Skulk of Music. Mm-hmm. You've got sexy vampires. You've got funny vampire hunters with Corey Feldman doing his like action star voice thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't I don't know how people do not like this movie. Oh man, uh, yeah, when I found out that that was your like, you know, well, not your absolute favorite film, but definitely among them. Um, yeah, no, I completely agree with that. It's, um, yeah, I've seen it many, many times. Um, and I, I don't love it as much as you do. I don't know if anybody does. <laughs> uh, even, even the people who worked on the film probably don't love it as much as you do. But um, yeah, but uh, my, my weirdest memory of that film was it must have been late 80s actually it must have been when it first came out on video um i remember going into a video store and there was some jerk behind the counter some young dude or whatever and uh i think he was watching the film and so there was the bit where was it um cory haim in the bath yes i love that um and the dude behind the counter was like singing that at the top of his lungs and i'm just walking around the store just like you know hearing in the background ain't got a man and i'm just like oh wow this is really (laughs) uncomfortable um and i've never told you that before so there you go um yeah that that's 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 the one memory that i really have Mm. of that film like that stands out the most but um but now everything about it, that aerial shot at the start, mm. that that weird thing where you're like, what are we, is it a vampire or what are we looking at here? And like, there's there's so much to love about that film from the director of Batman and Robin. Um, 
But, yeah, anyway. and it's an interesting <laughs> movie to return to because, like I said, I was all about Kiefer. I almost mm. nearly got a tattoo of him as that mm-hmm. character at one stage. Didn't get around to it. Um, but then in my mm. older age, I've come back to it and gone, no, Brooke McCarter is the sexy vampire that I would run off with if I was going to join their gang. Right, so, right. Okay. Um, and obviously I aged out of Corey Feldman, unfortunately, mm. but when I first watched it, I, I was that age. Mm-hmm. I was right there to enjoy that. Yep. So whatever age you are, you can find something. Absolutely. Not that I, yep, seal of approval from me on that one. Uh, look, I am not going to talk a lot about my number nine film because... We're going to be talking a lot more about it in the next episode. Can you guess what my number nine film is? Yep, you guessed it. It's Deadly Prey. Um, Like I said before, I have a fascination with films that are so bad they're amazing. I've recently discovered the works of Neil Breen. Uh, Some of you out there might be going, oh, Neil Breen, yes, I know him. Um, And movies like that, I... Like I said, they fascinate me. Uh, the fact that these movies got made when I can't make a feature film because I don't, no one wants to throw monies at me. Um, but yeah, Deadly Prey. Uh, so yeah, a um, uh, my girlfriend at the time back in 1993, uh, she read in the TV guide uh, late one night there was this movie and it said, "Watch this if you enjoy the sight of someone being beaten to death with their own severed arm." And she's like. <laughs> Dan would like that. So she taped it for me and it changed my life. Um, my friends and I, we all watched it. Uh, I've seen that movie. Oh God. It's got to be at least 30 times, maybe 50 times. I, I don't even know. Um, but we were obsessed with it and I'll save more for the next episode. But um, throughout the course of time, when the sequel to the film, the deadliest prey became a thing. And then I became friends with the star and the director and like, it just, yeah, that, that movie has a very big place in my heart, but as far as movies that are so bad, they're good. That to me is the crown jewel in the whole collection. It's, Oh yeah. Now I'm nervous. (laughs) I hope I like it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you will. I am sure you will. But uh, yeah, like I said, I'm not going to talk more about it because we'll save all of the juicy stuff for the next episode. So what are you... Number uh, eight. What do you got next? I hope I say the title correctly. uh, Is The Gay Divorcee Mm -hmm. from 1934. Mm -hmm. I love Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers movies. This Mm -hmm. one is my favorite. And yeah, it's a... Hollywood 30s musical with dancing and singing and case of mistaken identity and a fun kind of Italian actor Mm -hmm. guy who's probably not Italian, but (laughs) that's okay. I don't care. (laughs) And Edward Everett Horton, who has become a favorite because he's in a few of their films Mm. and is just hilarious and I should probably watch more Mm -hmm. of his films. But yeah, there's not much to say. It's It's a Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers movie. If you know them, you know what you're getting. Well, I, yeah, I had not seen a lot of their films, but when we first met and we, when we exchanged a pile of like 50 movies for each other to watch, uh, but uh, that one, I, uh, yeah, I, I saw that one and I loved it. And I, yeah, I still remember whole scenes from it. Um, 
being that obviously, yeah, it didn't appeal to me as much as it did to you because, yeah, you and those movies are just simpatico. Um, but yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. It was a really fun movie and it, yeah, it looked amazing. Um, I, yeah, I, I was mm. very impressed with that film. So, yeah. Um, well, for something <laughs> completely different for my number eight, uh, and this is a movie that is the number three film in my top 10 favorite movies of all time, ah, and that is yes. The Crow. Um, when that movie first came out, I I didn't know anything really at that point about tone and cinematography and how music can affect a film and, you know, all of these things. But I did after seeing that film. Um, to me, there are a few films that can beat that one in terms of capturing the right tone consistently throughout the whole film. It is depressing and dark and yet hopeful and beautiful and romantic and it is just one of the most perfect films ever made to mm. me the soundtrack not just the album but the score by graham ravel um i have both of them on cd like they the the music is just perfect it was one of the best soundtrack albums of the 90s in my opinion actually in a lot of people's opinions um and of course you know i mean even though there is the added weight of the tragedy of Brandon Lee, that had nothing to do with the film's impact for for my liking. I, even if he had survived it and gone on to a great career, I mm. still would love the film as much as I do. Um, and it's kind of a shame because um, the the director, like I, I was friends with him on Facebook for a while until I had to unfriend him because he's like a complete right wing nut job. Um, and it's very rude to people and everything. And I was like, I, I, I don't want that. Like, just, you know, you, you go away. I'll just enjoy your movie. Um, but yeah, that to me is just one of the most perfect films ever made. Um, yeah, yeah, favorite of mine too, well. but I actually haven't seen it for a really long time. And I ended up, uh, actually only this year mm. I've upgraded to Blu-ray finally. And so I meant to watch it again to mm -hmm. see it looking all nice and I just haven't got to it yet, but I will. But yes, I have listened to the soundtrack a lot over the years, even mm. if I haven't revisited the movie for a while. And mm. I know some people mm. are annoyed at this, but I am looking forward to the remake with Bill Skarsgård. I mean, oh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know it's not going to be the same. Well, actually, I haven't seen the sequels for a long time either, but I, at the time mm. when I was in my teens, I guess, uh, mm. I remember quite liking the second mm. one, which apparently people don't. So I need to revisit that and see if it's one that holds up. And the third one, I think, had an mm. actor I liked, so I watched it. And I don't remember it, so I don't hmm. really know what I think of that one. Am, am I am I remembering correctly? There was a TV series as well, wasn't there? And I think Mark Dacascus played him in either the TV series or one of the sequels, um, hmm. which was a shame because I'm a big Mark Dacascus fan. Uh, for anyone who's like, ooh, who's that? Uh, he was hmm. the main villain in John Wick 3, 
Um, he's a, I believe he's Hawaiian born martial artist. He, oh my God, the guy is amazing. And yes, you're correct. The show was the crow stairway to heaven, 98 to 99. That's it. Yeah. But even that I couldn't bring myself to watch, even though it had Mark Dacascus in it. I don't know. That first film just is so deep in my heart that, uh, I, I watched City of Angels, I, you know, didn't really like it. I can't remember if I saw the... That the, has a really good soundtrack as well. Yeah, true, true. Uh, look, I mean, I'll give the remake a try because I never, ever, ever, ever judge a film until I've seen it. Um, because for all I know, I might walk out and go, hey, that was even better than the original. Well, I will trust in Bill Skarsgård and hope it's not a repeat of the craft mm. sequel remake thing that got released <laughs> recently because I went in with an open mind as I always do mm. and that was really bad. Uh, I didn't even bother with that one because I was like, yeah, you know what? I had to. It was the craft yeah. and I'm like, oh, I have to. And, yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was terrible. All right. Well, that's my number eight. So, uh, what, what okay, do you back got? to good movies. <laughs> <laughs> number seven is, I think, the most recent movie on my list. And there's no story with this except I heard about it on the Arrow podcast, and they played a bit of a song from it. And I was like, I need to blind buy this movie, mm. and I did, and it was amazing. And I made you watch it, and you thought it was amazing. And that is Dinner in America. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, my God, that movie is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, Carl Gellner has become a favourite of mine. Mm. He's been in a few horror things in, in recent times that I have seen, and so he's become one of those actors that I will watch things he's in. He will lead me. And, yeah, he's just so good in this. I think this is the movie that just made me really take notice of him. Did you say he will eat you? He will lead me. Oh, right, okay, because I was going to say, well, that's... <laughs> You know, fitting with the whole dinner theme, I guess. But, um, mm. yeah. Um, yes, that was one of the pile of 500 movies. I don't know, it was 50, wasn't it? Oh, whatever. 50 million movies that you let me in. And I was like, hmm. No, no. Remember, oh, that was... Uh, we had some failed night. And so you were dropping me home. And oh. I said, hey, let's watch this movie. That's right. That's right. My apologies. Yes, yeah, so I did watch it at your place. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, at first I was I was just kind of like dinner in America. Like, mm, okay. Uh, <laughs> I know you were very wary, but I know you just watched it to make me happy because I kept telling you this movie was so great you had to watch it. Well, you know, I mean, I will always give a movie a go, and especially <laughs> if it's something you've recommended to me because – Oh my God, 99% of recommendations, you've knocked them out of the park, so to speak. Um, but yeah, I, I just had no idea. You were like, oh, it's this punk rock love story. I was like, okay. Uh, yeah, I loved it so much. I bought the Blu-ray myself and <laughs> I sat my fiance Kylie down to watch it not too long ago and she loved it as well. And um yeah. It's a very word of mouth movie, I think, because it's very mm. indie. Like I know, that mm. I think the the producer just put stuff on his credit card to get it made to right. like finish getting it made and everything. So, yeah, yeah. but yeah, um, it's amazing. Oh yeah, no, and it, yeah, it was a punk rock movie in so many ways. Um, not just because it was about a punk band, well, not about them, but um, yeah, like amazing characters. Um, the girl whose name I don't know, um, her character 
was just fan freaking tastic. Emily Skeggs. Uh, yes, yes, that was her. Thank you very much. Uh, and my apologies to Emily Skeggs if you are listening to this right now. Uh, but your performance was really memorable. Yeah. Your character, the way you brought her to life, and I'm actually talking to Emily right now. Anyway, <laughs> the way she brought her to life um, was amazing. Um, yeah, I loved everything about that mm-hmm. film. It was weird. It was funny. It was um, it was weird and funny. Those are yeah. pretty much the two words. Like, yeah. So, no, thank you very much for showing me that one. Uh, But speaking of weird, (laughs) my number seven. uh, So this is this is borderline in the realm of films that are so bad they're good. It's not that this film was poorly made because it's not. It's actually quite competently made, Um, but it is a trauma film and if you know trauma films, they're oh my freaking god! They are some of the weirdest films on the planet. Uh, but I saw this film many, many years ago, and it is just such a comfort film to me. I could watch this film ten times in one day, and that is Blood Sucking Freaks, uh, which I am. I know you haven't seen. Nope. nope. Um, this film it's from the seventies. Uh, it is. Oh my god, it is, it is extremely violent, but the violence doesn't look realistic enough to be kind of off-putting or anything, but it's got the weirdest characters. It's about this underground um, performance art troupe run by this guy named Sadu and his midget... Uh, are we allowed to say midget? So. <laughs> okay. Yeah, apologies to all the midgets out there. Um, his, his little person sidekick named Ralphus, played by Louis de Jesus, a little Mexican guy. And um, I, I know all these things because everything stands out in my head. And so they, they capture this prima ballerina from, uh, you know, one of the most famous ballerinas in town. And they, they basically torture her to force her to dance for them and, Meanwhile, there's a detective on the case. There's a film, oh, no, a, a theater critic uh, working for the papers who kind of starts finding out what's going on. And um, meanwhile, they've also got like a, I think it's like a sex slave trade going on beneath the theater and all this sort of shit. But oh my freaking God, there is so much teeth pulling and limb twisting and. Uh, penis severing. <laughs> it's got everything that you want in a film. Um, and the reason why it defines my personality, I should probably get into that more because, no, I don't sever penises. Um, it's just, it just defines my weirdness, I think, you know, because, yeah, I do like to dabble in the weird side of life and that film encapsulates it more than any other film for me. Um, so, yeah, Blood Sucking Freaks is my number seven. Well, that is in my watch list, so I don't mm-hmm. know if that was you or a podcast, but someone talked about it enough in a way that made me add it to my watch list. So mm-hmm. one day. <laughs> I hope it was me. Yes, I'll make you watch it in one of our episodes. All right, my number six. I figured I should have some Argento on here for some Giallo reps. So I have mm. Tenere, which I like Suspiria. It's pretty. I like Deep Red. Mm. 
but I think Tenebrae is mm-hmm. my favorite. And why is that? And I don't know. I just <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. There you go. I just like it. Well, I mean, you do have. Uh, I don't know Italian pronunciation. If it's just Giuliano Gemma, but he mm. wears a light blue suit that's very pretty. He's the mm-hmm. detective, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's just a um, author who I, th- I think stuff in his book starts. I don't even remember. It's been a while. Right. Anyway, right. killings are happening. Detectives investigating. The author's a bit suspicious, and mm. there's some good kills and things going on. It's mm-hmm. I don't know. I like Argento films, even if they don't work. Yeah. There's something interesting about all of them. Yeah. But yeah. this is one of the ones that works. So mm-hmm. it's one well, of the, the thing best. with the suit that was reminding me of what you once said about leading up to uh, starting our podcast that I would be talking about things like the. <laughs> cinematography and the way that the aspect ratio changed the mood of the film and you would be talking about how pretty somebody looked in a pair of flared trousers or something so (laughs) yeah 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 yeah, i'm all for style and cool hair and stuff like that that's i I like the pretty things (laughs) yeah 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 so yeah that's perfect uh i don't know if i've seen tenebrae i i think i might have but if I have, I don't remember any of it. So I'm just going to say that I haven't seen it. Uh, I mean, I've seen... Well, if you haven't, it's going on the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've seen Suspiria, I don't know how many times. I mean, I own several various copies of it because of different special collector's editions and what have you. And I even owned the remake, despite having Dakota Johnson in it. Um, <laughs> but That was good. Yeah. I don't think of that as a remake. It doesn't feel like a remake. It just feels like... Just it was actually good. Well, Tilda Swinton really stole that film for me, so mm-hmm. I didn't care that Dakota Johnson was in it. Uh, but you know, as far as Tenebrae goes, yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm going to say I haven't seen it. So yeah, so there you go. That mm. would be one that I will have to see at some point. Have you seen um, Deep Red? Yes, I I own that, so I know I've seen it. Um, mm. I, I mean, I know I've seen that one, but again, I don't really remember it. Uh, yeah. But do I own Tenebrae as well? I don't even know. <laughs> uh, yeah, physical media rules. Um, but anyway, uh, but moving on from horror, so my number six. Um, actually, again, this kind of, uh, yeah, goes into, into the weirdness territory. Uh, but that is a film called Better Off Dead mm-hmm. from the mid-'80s with John Cusack. Have you seen that one? I think think so but that's one of those ones that if i have it was so long ago and it's i can't say for sure i remember my parents rented the vhs and then yes i am that old (laughs) uh and brought it home because the trailer had a bit where uh cusack's character lands in the back of a garbage truck is going along there's two black guys fixing a power pole or something and one of them says now that'd be a shame folks be throwing away a perfectly good white boy like that (laughs) And I remember my parents just losing their shit over that line. Um, and so they rented it and everything. And oh my God, that movie. Um, so it was directed, written and directed by a guy named Savage Steve Holland, who hasn't, he didn't do much after that. He did another Cusack film um, called One Crazy Summer, which was really good. But Better Off Dead, man. It is so full of randomness and I love randomness when it's done right, you know, and this film, I mean, his kid, the 
Cusack's character's kid brother in it, um, he keeps mailing away things from a cereal box, you know, and they get progressively more and more weird. You know, there's like at one point he gets a how to pick up women book and, uh, you know, later on Cusack goes to visit his little brother and he goes in and the kid's in his room with all these strippers around, you know, and he's like a little Hugh Hefner. And um, he orders a laser gun that actually works like it's a, you know, but it all culminates in, and look, I, I'm, I don't get, if you haven't seen it by now, you know, it's from 86, I believe. So shame on you. Um, he mails away for a build your own rocket ship or whatever. And like at the end of the movie, you see a space shuttle launch from, you know, from inside the house. Um, it's, there's so many memorable things. The, the paper boy who's after his $2, the, uh, the, then there's a, it's a really cool love story as well between him and this French exchange student um, played by Diane Franklin, who was just brilliant and adorable in that film. Um, Curtis Armstrong as his as his um, like best friend. He was amazing. It's so it is one of the funniest films ever made. So yeah, uh, randomness and funny uh, are two things that I think <laughs> define me quite quite well so that's why i had to put that movie in my number six and your description of that just mm-hmm. made me think of another movie that i've added to my honorable mentions oh so wow now i have five <laughs> <laughs> i've still got two but anyway uh all okay right. speaking of five my number mm. five movie which you definitely have not seen <laughs> oh is northanger abbey from 2007 and I love period movies, especially mm-hmm. Jane Austen. I try to read Jane Austen and I've read a couple, but they're not really my thing. But I did read Northanger Abbey, which is quite short, and completely fell in love with it. And so I watched this movie and I fell in love with Henry Tilney, who's the main guy in it. Mm-hmm. And J.J. Field plays him in the movie. And he is perfect, I think. And I think all my reviews, I'm like, oh, I just feel the romance in this. It's just so, it's like a swoon-worthy movie. It makes me feel so happy watching it because there's no big dramas in it. There's like a misunderstanding that happens, but it's resolved almost instantly. So it's not that typical romance thing of they're getting together Mm -hmm. and then this big misunderstanding happens and they're apart for ages till they come together at the end this doesn't have that it has sort of two things that happen but they're not really big things that annoy you so the romance just flows through and I don't know why but yes I just Mm -hmm. perfect fall in love with a book character fall in love with the movie version the movie is great I know I'm probably in the minority, <laughs> but hey, who cares? Yeah, exactly. I love it. It's become go. a bit of a, a Valentine's Day watch because mm-hmm. I, it's the most romantic movie I think that I have seen. Aww. And I know some people probably will think it's boring. I don't think it's boring. I love it. I want to live in it. Even more romantic than blood sucking freaks. I would assume so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that didn't have a lot of romance in it. Um, look, I I don't have a lot to contribute to um, the the you know description of Northanger Abbey. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's yeah. like a um, a girl who's into gothic novels, sort of right, right, scandalous things, and then she mm. kind of 
is goes in the deep end imagining yeah. things in real life from the novels that aren't really there but and mainly it's just a nice romance so yeah you probably i would not recommend that to you no i i look generally i mean you know i'll I'll try movies. I, I mean, I saw Little Women. I, I own a copy of Becoming Jane. Like, I mean, I don't dislike period films. I just try and avoid them because I like to retain my masculinity. Um, <laughs> no, just kidding, I think, just like, if you look at your general, like, Pride and Prejudice and everything, mm. I feel like this is different from that. It's, yeah. like, very light, and I think maybe people won't like it because it's a bit lighter mm. than like a Pride and Prejudice or mm. uh, what's the other one? Sense and Sensibility, yeah. which is also very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I really like it. All so right. Well, can't help it. sadly, I have nothing to contribute to uh, to that. So, um, yeah, uh, I guess we'll just move on to my number five then, shall we? Mm. All right. So my number five, uh, it's another 80s comedy that I... Oh my god, I love this film. Have you seen Summer School? No. No. Ah, okay. I've heard about it. I think mm-hmm. that's in my watch list as well. Um, it's Is that Mark Harmon? Mark Harmon, Kirstie mm-hmm. Alley. Um, it's about a relief teacher who has to yeah, look after a classroom of kids over school, but he has no interest in being there. He is totally apathetic. Mm-hmm. Um, and the kids love him because he's apathetic, but of course, um, and, but all these kids that they, um, it sort of goes into their personal lives, like what they're trying to achieve in their lives and stuff. But, uh, basically things just go way out of control. And so, um, Harmon's character gets fired and they bring in a new teacher and there's this classic scene where there's a, there's two characters, uh, Chainsaw and his best friend whose name I can't remember and chainsaw they're obsessed with the Texas chainsaw massacre. And so (laughs) they stage this thing when the relief teacher comes in where it looks like the class has just been butchered in the most gruesome (laughs) ways. Um, You know, eyeballs hanging out, saw blades through the head, all this sort of stuff because they want to be makeup artists. And I, that scene just, I loved it, but, um, but you know, it, it then goes on. You know, Harmon's character like realizes that you got to take responsibility in your life, and so he becomes all serious and whatnot. But he winds up helping all the, these kids in various things they want to do. Like one is just dreadful at learning to drive, you know. So he winds up helping her, and there's you know, oh, that's right, he grants everybody a wish in the class or something like that. It's been a while since I've seen it, but um, but the reason it appealed to me is because I am that character. I am like. Oh my god! I breeze through my academic life. I, to this day, do not know how I wound up with a university degree because <laughs> I did so badly and just sort of sailed through. And I was always like, "Man, that guy!" Like, you know, he rocks up to to closet, you know, the teacher in a Hawaiian shirt and just kicks back and is like, "Yeah, do whatever you want to do." And I'm just like, "That would so be me if I was a teacher." <laughs> um, so I related to him. I related to Chainsaw, of course. You know, it's um. Yeah, so that that was another movie that I think really kind of you know I I yeah thought identified me in uh, in various ways. So yeah, that's it for me. Summer school number five. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, number four is perhaps the one that most defined me as a person when I saw mm-hmm. it. I saw it at the cinema because I am that old, and it is the craft. Ah. <laughs> 
which we talked about earlier. Well, I'm sure there's lots of people who weren't old enough to go see the craft at the cinema. I was ripping tickets for people going in to see the craft because I was working there. So you're old, my God, anyway. (laughs) But we digress. Yeah. So this came out the year after Clueless, which was also a big movie, and introduced me to Breckenmeyer, who I completely fell for because he was a long-haired skater guy. So what's not to love? Cheeky grin. So Mm -hmm. he has a small part in the craft, which was Mm -hmm. just a nice thing. But this movie blew me away changed my life. I wanted to be Nancy or Feruza Bulk. I wanted to have her hair. I wanted to dress like they all dressed in the movie. That was the beginning of my goth phase that no one joined me on. So that was fun times. (laughs) But yeah, this movie is just so fun. It's like friendship and witchcraft stuff and then cool fight scenes and everything goes wrong and there's all this crazy stuff happening. Feruza Bog's amazing in this. I mm-hmm. looked for everything she was in that I could find, which was hard because it was in the mm-hmm. 90s. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just <laughs> wanted to see everything, love this movie. I've probably seen it more than any other movie overall right. in my life. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> this is how obsessed I was with the movie. Uh, I recorded on cassette the, we played the movie through the stereo, recorded it onto a tape so that I could lay in bed and listen to it on my Walkman and picture it in my head because I knew it so well and just listen to the audio. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. yes, I think sometimes I would pretend that I was acting the parts in the movie but yeah that's how much i liked it even when i couldn't watch it i wanted to watch it in my mind well okay that's your story of how obsessed you were with that film believe it or not i can beat that (laughs) and this is something we've never talked about before this is going to be a revelation for you so yes when that movie came out i too absolutely loved it and i was like wow all this like occult stuff and everything seems really cool and so i um i wound up buying a bunch of books on the occult and you know witchcraft and all that sort of stuff and i was you know burying myself into these books at the time and i remember um in the cinema that i was working at um there was a a birthday that i had and there was a lady who worked there who was a lot more into witchcraft than I was. Well, not not so much witchcraft, but uh, I don't know, I guess kind of fortune telling and stuff like that. And she baked me a set of rune stones um, and she gave them to me and they were just, you know, carved with the runes and all that sort of stuff because, uh, you know, at the time they were used in various sort of, you know, occult things. And anyway, I was reading about them and it said that, um in order to become one with your rune stones you actually have to paint the runes with your blood and to this day i still have two scars here on my left upper arm where i actually cut i know you can't see that there um where i actually like cut because i thought that'll be the least painful spot to draw blood from (laughs) and got a paintbrush and I actually painted my runes with my blood and the first cut ran out. So I had to do another one alongside it. Um, So as much as you taped your audio to listen to (laughs) at night, 
I am forever actually scarred because of that film. <laughs> um, it was a phase, like I, yeah, I, I just, you know, kind of one day thought, ah, I'm not really into alcohol stuff anymore. Hey, cool scars. Um, I don't know whatever happened to my runestones, but thank you, Angie, for, uh, for baking those for me. Um, I think I still do have all the books that I accumulated at the time, but um, they're just there for bookshelf fillers. But uh, yeah, yeah, so there's my story on on my uh, affiliation with the craft. Also yeah. has a very good soundtrack. and Oh, yeah. I think maybe all of the songs I have only ever heard in relation to that movie. So if mm. I do hear them, I think of that. And I heard that they covered... You say, how soon is now? Because they couldn't afford mm -hmm. the Smiths version. And I think that's for the best. Yep. No, I agree. That was good. Although I do think the Tattoo version was really good too. But, you know, that's just me. Um, yeah. So there you go. We both have a rather deep love of that film. <laughs> <laughs> my mind went all the way into my arm. But anyway. Um, so on the subject of 90s films, um, down to my number four, and this is probably going to be no surprise as to why it's on my list, but I have put the mask on there. Yeah. Um, and again, it's another case of tone being king. Uh, that whole film from start to finish, the tone was perfect. And again, consistent um, from everything through the, the music and the color palette of the film and the costumes and you know, it was just, oh, my God. But when that film came out, oh, my God, that was big. That was bigger than big. And um, at the time, I, I, if you think I'm an extrovert now, you should have seen me back in the <laughs> mid-'90s because a lot of people thought I was ripping off Jim Carrey's shtick. Um, wow. Because I, I was very much like that. You know, I was <laughs> way over the top then. And they even, uh, the cinema that I was working at, we used to do costume promos and um, they had a, I had this red, bright red suit. So they were like, oh my God, you've got to do it. I was like, okay. Um, and so they threw this green rubber mask on me that was made by a professional. Uh, and I had to go around the shopping center with flyers, you know, advertising the film. And when you're wearing a mask, because you've got no, inhibitions they're all gone because no one knows who you are like oh man you just go crazy and i remember going into the food court outside of mcdonald's and standing up on a table and just throwing a bunch of flyers in the air and running off laughing and you know <laughs> all this sort of stuff like that was so much fun but um yeah i mean 90s jim carrey is just you know god we were lucky that we went through that time you know mm. and I, I just think of all the films that he did that one yeah, it's right up there. So, yeah, it's it's colorful, it's fun, it's bright, it's crazy, uh, it's hyperkinetic. It's it's me. So, well, yeah. I have seen that film one time in the nineties, and I was with my friends, and they found out there was two of us in the group who had not seen it, mm -hmm. and so yeah. everyone else was like, "Oh, you have to watch this. It's the best movie ever." And then we watched mm -hmm. it, and we were both like. Nah. <laughs> wow. But I do need to wow, just remove this dagger <laughs> from my heart. I, I will revisit it because I do love 90s Jim Carrey so much. And like, 
I and reckon give it another recent go. Recent times I watched uh, Batman Forever and Ace Ventura mm-hmm. and loved them. So I'm like, I need to revisit mm. that because it's a bit weird if that's the only... Because Dumb and Dumber and everything, I watched all of it and I mm-hmm. liked all of it. So I don't know why I didn't like The Mask. Mm. I don't remember it. So I don't know what made me not like it at the time. But Yeah, yeah. I reckon give it another go because it is a really good film. Even, you know, aside from 90s Jim Carrey, like I said, just in terms of tone and 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 just visual dazzle, you know, it's, um, yeah. Uh, and I think I also relate to Stanley Ipkiss, the character, you know, that kind of guy who's just way too nice to everybody and so he kind of gets shit on from time <laughs> to time. I think that's another reason why that movie has a place in my heart because, yeah, I've been that character many occasions but um yeah anyway enough about my soft story <laughs> let's go on with you okay something weird uh one of my favorite directors is david lynch so mm-hmm. uh i have not put my date uh, david <laughs> my favorite david lynch film on the list <laughs> i instead went with a race ahead because that was mm-hmm. probably one of the first super weird movies that i saw because i had seen Lost Highway, uh, a friend introduced me to that and that then I moved to Brisbane and so I didn't have that friend anymore. <laughs> so I was on my own. And oh. I remember oh. I used to often go to HMV and wander around and I would see the cover mm-hmm. of Eraserhead. And, of course, the cover <laughs> of that movie is very distinctive. And so I would look at oh, it yeah. all the time. And then I was like, well, I think I'm just going to buy it and take a chance because that's the guy who did Lost Highway. And I really liked that. And so eventually I bought it and watched mm. it. And yeah, possibly the first sort of experimental film I saw. And I'd never watched a film that was so mm. little dialogue and all about sound design and all this weird stuff. And I didn't know what was going on. And then suddenly you've got the girl singing about heaven and the baby crying and all that stuff and yeah mm. i really loved it and i got to see it at yeah. the cinema a few years back palace did a i think it was like american film essentials festival or something like that and they had the david lynch documentary uh art of life i think it was called and they did a double feature with that and a mm. race ahead so i got to see it at the cinema and i rushed to buy a ticket as soon as I saw that. I was like, I cannot miss that. I have to buy a ticket straight away. And then there was <laughs> 10 other people in the cinema with me and I was so sad. I was like, what's mm. going on, Brisbane? Why are we not selling out this David Lynch double special thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, probably because Brisbane was made of people like me who saw <laughs> Raise Ahead, uh, I think around when it first came, or not, not probably not when it first came out. What year uh, was, was that film from? Late seventies. Because um, <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not when it first came out. Um, I don't know when I saw it, but I remember sitting there just going, "What the <laughs> yeah, fuck is was. this?" Uh, I absolutely hated every frame that I saw. I did not understand. What I was watching, I just wanted it to end. I wanted my life to end. I just wanted to stick a screwdriver in my ear hole and and squish around until I passed out. I, yeah, I, 
if you can mm. if you can't tell already i wasn't a big fan of that film um look i yeah i'm not a huge fan of experimental films i mean you know recently with skinnamarink and stuff like that i watch these things and i'm just like look i get where you're going with it i appreciate that it has an audience um because you know me i'll i'll never like mm. if i don't like a film i'm not going to say it's bad Eraserhead is probably fucking brilliant for all i know it just, i think it's a personal it thing i'm just on board um, with his vision and his style yeah. and what he does and so mm. it's the kind of movie that it speaks to exactly. you or it doesn't mm. it did not speak to me it kept its mouth shut uh the whole time uh in fact it was almost like it was floating in space it was that quiet but anyway well i got the fun of at a party once mm -hmm. <laughs> someone was interested in it because dead kennedys have a song saying you cry like the baby in a racer head oh did they and yeah, and so oh. I have a, um, I had it on the shelf. So I was like, okay, let's watch it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you cruel, cruel person. Um, look, I can't remember if if the whole thing got watched or if anyone cared. Yeah, yeah. It is the kind of thing though that it, I was quite young when I tried to watch it. I think I was in my late teens or something like that. So you also have to be in the right mood. For yeah, that kind of movie. yeah. Which I probably wasn't. I was probably expecting a much more mainstream film. So, um, yeah, look, I'll probably, I, I probably wouldn't mind giving it a go because I do respect that David Lynch is an amazing director. I think, um, even though I haven't seen many of his films, but like Elephant Man is probably my favorite, I think. Um, but that's his most mainstream. Yeah, film. yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> um but yeah well i'd give it another go i think at some point yeah mm -hmm. i mean i know you haven't seen lost highway and I as that is my favorite that is on to. the list yeah, so yeah. you'll probably see it soon i really want to see that film like so many people just gasp in absolute horror that i've not seen it do I call myself a film buff when I haven't seen Lost Highway? Well, yes, I do. Have you seen Deadly Prey? No, there you go. <laughs> um, so, well, this is a perfect segue because you've gone from one of your favorite directors uh, and my number three just happens to be from my favorite director. And that is From Dusk Till Dawn, which uh. is also on my top 10 list of favorite films of all time admittedly it's all the way back down at number 10 um but oh my god that film um yeah it's it's a crime thriller a heist movie a horror movie a vampire film set in freaking dirty gritty mexico with rad music insanely awesome costumes just Oh my God, everything about this film. So Robert Rodriguez is my most favorite director of all time. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a, a wannabe filmmaker, I suppose. Uh, and that guy taught me everything I need to know about filmmaking. And I, yeah, that movie to me, the, it defines me because uh, I, I don't want to sound like I'm tooting my own horn. It is a cool rock and roll movie. And I sort of, I don't know. You're a cool rock and roll guy. Thank you. I didn't want to say it myself. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, the, yeah, I don't know. I it's, it's, it is a weird film. Um, it's 
you know, the way it was made was just so guerrilla filmmaking style and everything, even for a big budget film. Um, I absolutely love that film. And I really do feel that it kind of defines a part of me in a way, maybe, maybe the filmmaking side, I guess. Um, yeah, but I know you've seen it recently. Yeah, that was fun to revisit recently and, mm-hmm. and interesting because I this year have been rewatching ER, which of course is how I first saw Clooney, like mm-hmm. lots of people. And yeah, so it's always funny to go back to that and then mm-hmm. go back to his movie roles where, yeah. and just, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a good time. And yeah, Tarantino, yeah. I love him, but he is a little too good at playing creepy guy (laughs) (laughs) well that's another thing yeah of course like tarantino is in my list of favorite directors of all time so when you got him writing it rodriguez directing it you know tarantino also acting in it like yeah i think it is it just does feel to me like the pinnacle of collaborative filmmaking achievements for me for my personal taste um so yeah maybe this film does lean more towards you know defining my taste in films as opposed to my personality but uh yeah i had to throw that in my list of um of films that define me so yeah that's my number three cool all right my number two which you have not seen yet oh is take shelter right the Jeff Nichols film from 2011, which mm-hmm. got on my radar, I think, because when I was, no, actually, I was going to say Michael Shannon, but it wasn't Michael Shannon. It was mm. back when I used to do a mail order DVD rental thing, and I mm-hmm. saw the cover when I was browsing, and it looked like a, had like a swarm around this guy and looked very kind of end of the world themed and Mm. so it actually turned out to be not what I was expecting but uh, better than it probably would have been if it was the movie that I was expecting it to be it's Mm -hmm. uh, very psychological about this guy having these visions about the sort of end of the world coming and he's you know building a bunker and doing all this kind of stuff but it's Michael Shannon and Jessica Chastain as his wife and it's amazing. I loved it so much. I've now since then watched all of Jeff Nichols' films, so I'm up to date and eagerly awaiting the bike riders getting a mm. new release date since, as far as I know, it still doesn't have one yet after all the mm. debacle about being dropped by whoever and picked up by someone else. Mm-hmm. But, yes, all, all Jeff Nichols' films, they're small films but very, yeah, like quiet psychological involved mm. movies uh shotgun well, story yeah. is my second favorite which is similar thing also michael shannon he he's they like to work together and i like that mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah well i know you've been talking about this film for a long time that i've known you which is not a long time but <laughs> um yeah and then i looked it up and i have not seen any jeff nichols films have i i don't think i'd seen any uh, I think so. We're going to say no. But, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to The Bike Riders. That does look like a terrific film, judging by the trailer. But, um, but again, you know, it's that whole thing of, like, anything you recommend to me, I, I will happily watch. So, yeah, I'll, I'll get around to it. It's, mm. it's on my list of six billion films that I yes. need to watch before I die. And it has an um, ending that invites discussion. Ah, um, okay. So you need to hurry up and watch it so we can talk about the ending. <laughs> 
All right. You sit here and talk to everybody. I'm going to go and watch this film and I'll be right back. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm keen to see it. I Yeah, it's one of those things, again, like I don't know much about it. And so I think that always kind of hinders me from mm. jumping into a film like if yeah. I don't know much Well, about I found it, it so. by chance. It's not one that gets talked about a lot and there's mm. like a big movie that you see around places like I, mm-hmm. I don't even think it's streaming anywhere uh yeah. it looks like it's available to rent um digitally mm-hmm. but i don't i've never noticed it streaming anywhere oh well i'd well, have to rent here. it because i mean i wouldn't pirate movies or anything like that like that would be illegal and you know i couldn't uh give that information away on a podcast or something that i you know so i, I just i wouldn't do that um anyway moving on uh, <laughs> but no that's a that's definitely a good choice um so my number two is a film that you are not going to be surprised at all that it is on my list and i'm just going to go with the shortened name of the film but i have put birds of prey on this list uh yeah. that is a film that i went into it i walked out and i desperately wanted to go back in and see it again i i saw it at the cinemas i think it was 10 times if i remember correctly um oh my god i loved that film and yeah it was just so much fun and this is the thing okay the, the the reason why i've put that on my list is because for me I, as much as I love films that will make me think or feel or inspire me or whatever, first and foremost, I love to have fun. And yeah, that movie was one of the most fun films I have seen in a very long time. It didn't hurt uh, the fact that I have a slight obsession with the character of Harley Quinn, which I'm sure we'll explore in another podcast because I'm just not going to get into that right now. Um, other than to say, if you walk into my house, it is almost like a museum to the character. Um, but no, look overall, I know the film had its fair share of critics in both, you know, professionals and fans alike, but yeah, for me, it was so much fun. It was brilliantly directed, uh, great characters. The soundtrack album was incredibly good. Uh, even though normally it wasn't my type of music, but I, yeah, had that CD on repeat for like a month. Um, and yeah, I, I just love it. And yeah, like I said, I think that that is a perfect example for me of, of a fun yeah. time at the cinema. Yeah, I really and liked this. I uh, kind of caught up on DC films a couple of years ago, and this was one of my favorites. And it also made me absolutely love Black Canary. So hmm. That, that sent me off exploring mm, the comics yeah, after yeah. that as well. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. No, I was really happy that you liked that film because that's kind of a, uh, you know, gauge <laughs> of whether I can be friends with somebody or not as if they like Birds of Prey. So, yeah. No, just kidding because there's probably a few people listening who are like, oh, fuck Birds of Prey, that means shit. Ooh, women. Anyway. Um, Number <laughs> please one. continue. <laughs> So my number one film is my other very recent film on the list and uh, it just completely surprised me. Mm-hmm. Uh, last Night in Soho. 
Yay! Tell the story about that one. Yeah, (laughs) so I was luckily, uh, luckily, lucky enough to be invited to the film premiere by Mm. a guy called Dan who I had met, I think, once in person was this the second oh yeah second time oh, that met. creepy and so creepy he was like do you want to come to this premiere for this movie and i'm like oh it's still kind of <laughs> awkward i've only met this guy once i i don't know should i go should i just not but uh it, because it was edgar wright who you know i'd seen scott pilgrim mm-hmm. uh shawn of the dead and this was a horror movie and it had Anya Taylor-Joy. So then I thought, well, okay, I'll go see it. And I don't, did I, I think maybe I watched the trailer. I don't know. And then you were excited because it was an oh, Edgar yeah. Wright film, but I think mm-hmm. I loved it way more than you did because oh, I no was obsessed. And I put the soundtrack on to listen on the drive home because it's all like 60s music and very mm. pretty stuff. And Anya Taylor-Joy looks amazing. And I just completely just fell for Sandy and uh, who was Matt Smith? Jack. Sandy and Jack. That's like mm-hmm. the perfect romance at the beginning if you take it out of the film (laughs) (laughs) and I loved that that dance scene was amazing Mm. and I also loved watching the video of how they managed to do that and Mm -hmm. yeah I don't know Thomas and Mackenzie is amazing it's just everything was Mm. amazing in that film it was like it was made for me that film I think, yeah, if there was ever going to be a film that you would put at your number one, I don't think you could have picked better than that one. Um, Yeah, look, I I was insanely excited because Edgar Wright is another director in my top... I think I once made a list of, I think it was my top six or seven directors of all time. Um, I, I love any director that you can tell it's one of their films by watching one of their films. You know, if you don't see their name in it, it's like, oh, and... So yeah, Edgar Wright just has his own signature style, but this film deviated from that um, in a big way. Like there wasn't a lot of his, you know, uh, stamp on the film. And, um, but I, yeah, my God, I remember you and I, we both just sat there at the end and I was like, oh my God, I love that film. And I looked at you and you're just like, (laughs) I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Well, you really liked it as well. Good. And yeah, as you said, you definitely loved it even more than I did, um, which is not to say that I didn't love it because, I mean, oh my God, I really did. Um, we went back to see it again, didn't we? Yeah. For the second time? Yeah. After the premiere, yeah, yeah. we paid our own money and went and saw it again because it mm-hmm. was that amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that film is extraordinary. It is just, it's like, being in a weird nightmare it's um it's a horror film without being a horror film it kind of is a horror film yeah yeah but not really a scary horror film but um but it's got all the creepy stuff with like all the men and oh yeah yeah the the scene where yeah it's more creepy than scary but i mean that's 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 obviously you know to personal taste but um (laughs) but yeah i love visually incredible performances out of this world perfect casting as you said the soundtrack was just phenomenal um yeah i really couldn't fault yeah, that film that's another one the soundtrack and the score both amazing mm, yeah 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 um so yeah no look i think as far as a number one film for you 
that definitely fits. And I am pretty sure you're going to agree that my number one film really fits with my personality as well. Because I have chosen for my number one film, and this is not ranked, but yeah, it's Hot Rod. Uh, <laughs> That's the one that I added to my honorable mentions. Right, before. right, right. When you were talking about like just randomness the weird and random. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So back in 2007, I remember seeing the poster for Hot Rod. Uh, it popped up in a local cinema and. Um, and I looked at it and I thought, oh, yeah, it looks like a comedy, like, yeah, whatever. And the film never got released. And so I was still curious about it uh, down the track. And then it got released on DVD and I blind bought it. I was like, okay, look, yeah, I'm, I've got to give this film a go. It sounds amazing, you know. And I remember at the time I was working in a car park booth and I used to bring along a portable DVD player to sort of hide down on a shelf and watch movies because... It was the most fucking mind-numbingly boring job on the planet. Um, and so I put this movie on. Anyway, I'm watching it. And oh my God, I was laughing to the point where I had tears in my eyes. Cars are driving up and I'm having to pause it, wipe the tears, like grab their ticket. And there were so many people that were like, you know, oh my God, are you okay? I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, sorry. I'm just, I'm laughing a lot. And that would have just looked insane, this little person inside a box laughing themselves to tears. But um, I honestly think it is the funniest movie I've ever seen in terms of consistent laughter. Um, there's not a scene in the film that doesn't have at least one gut-bustingly funny moment. Um, the characters are weird. The dialogue is bizarre. <laughs> it, the whole premise of the film is just insane. Um, and, yeah, I love that film more than words can express. Um, it, I mean, when I wrote my list, that was the first film that I actually added on there because I was like, films that define me, oh, hot rod. Uh, so I'm glad I've gone backwards in the list. So, uh, yeah. And, um, yeah, well, I mean, I know you love it because I showed it Yeah, that was another one. I actually had, you had talked about it. And then mm. I was doing an order at JB and they had it on sale so the Blu-ray, so I just grabbed it because you'd talked about it. And I think that was another mm. one that uh, you were dropping me home after something and we decided to watch it. So, mm. um, and... Yeah, that's right, because you didn't have to work the next day or something and I had a late start the next day and so we were yeah. like, oh, what the heck, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, and so I, when it comes to comedies that are just like silly comedies... It can go either mm. way. So I wasn't too sure, yes. but I do like Andy Samberg. So I was like, ah, I'll mm. give it a go. And yeah, I loved it. And I have in my review that it's the best falling sequence ever seen in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> that being said, you haven't seen Kung Pao enter the fist. Uh, so that may rival it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but anyway, but no, I, I, that was a joy for me sitting there. Cause I mean, I had seen it a dozen times at least when it came time for you to watch it and sitting there just every now and then I was looking at you just laughing your ass off and I'm like, yes, this is perfect. Yeah. But, yeah. What you said was, was great. Like, yeah, it, it was silly without going too over the top. It was just perfect. It was over the top, but just in the, the right 
level. It didn't go too far because yeah. it was pretty over the top. Yeah. And uh, oh, as I yeah, said yeah, in my review, no it was my kind of weird and funny. I would join the crew to cool beans. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, yeah. weird crush on Bill Hader in that. So I don't, I don't, right, I don't right, ask right. why. I don't know, but it's a thing. Well, because yeah. you're weird. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I've noticed there are a lot of weird movies on both of our lists. So, hmm. yeah. Um, so, so those are 10 films from each of us that if you are tuning into this for the first time and you want to get to know us, or if you have gotten up to episode 52 and you're like, oh, let's go back to the first one. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But we do have some honorable mentions. Now, you've got more that you've got five. Uh, well, you? one was Hot Rod. So, oh, no, wait. I oh, still okay. have five because I added an extra one. <laughs> right. So, I've only got two. So, how about you do two, I'll do one, you do one, <laughs> I'll do one, and then you do two. Okay. Um, <laughs> I I couldn't find a place for it on my list, but I felt like I couldn't not say it. So it had to go in honorable mentions because it's a very important film from Mm -hmm. my younger years. And that is Four Weddings and a Funeral. Right, right. Um, I don't know how I came across it. I think I watched it when I was a bit too young to kind of get everything going on in it. But it Mm -hmm. uh, started, this is a common theme, started my Mm -hmm. Hugh Grant crush. (laughs) Um, probably the first film I saw with so much swearing in it and I'm surprised Mm -hmm. my mum was fine with me watching it Mm -hmm. Um, also had John Hanna so it was probably Mm -hmm. my introduction to him as well Mm -hmm. and yeah apart from the kind of miscasting of Andy McDowell that everyone seems (laughs) to share the opinion of I don't know there's something about the movie that I just I don't care about its flaws. I just love watching it every time I watch mm-hmm. it, and I've watched cool. it a lot over the years. Mm-hmm. I yeah, look, I, I know I saw it. I probably haven't seen it since it came out in the nineties. Wow. Uh, okay, we I have know. to watch that one day. Yeah, yeah. I think I liked it. I didn't love it enough to ever revisit it. But anyway, what do you got next? Uh, let's go with uh, a movie you don't like. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> or at least don't really like uh, mm-hmm. Interstellar. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a space movie, and yeah, I don't know. I I could have said Dunkirk. Is this better than Dunkirk? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Dunkirk mm. has that amazing "I will die on the hill" that you can get a movie to be really good without having a backstory and losing the flow of the movie. I, I'm not going to, okay, I'm not going to talk about Dunkirk, but anyway, Interstellar. (laughs) (laughs) I really liked this the first time I saw it. And then I rewatched it, uh, I think earlier this year and I, it's a Mm -hmm. long movie. So I was like, well, I'm Mm. just, I'm just going to watch half of it and I'll watch the rest later. And I forgot how good it was. And so I sat there for the whole whole time and watched it because yeah. i couldn't turn it off yeah um i i could have given you some instructions on it <laughs> turned it off but uh yes i'm not a fan of that film i saw it in the cinemas and i, I wish remember... i had seen it the cinemas i didn't make it in the end oh see we got that kind of in common you wish you had i wish <laughs> i hadn't so um yeah i remember getting to the end of that and thinking i don't really know what happened and i was bored and um, I don't know how you could Nolan be sucks, bored but... watching that. 
Well, all right, we'll save that for another podcast episode. Yeah. Actually, one day we will <laughs> we'll have, have a, a Christopher Nolan special. <laughs> yes, a debate on why Christopher Nolan is an overrated hack um, or not. I can die on that hill for Dunkirk. Yeah. And that you do not need backstories to have a good story. And that yeah, actually would have ruined Dunkirk if they had suddenly flashed back or people decided to have big heart to hearts in the middle of everything yeah. going on. Look, if you do die on that hill, I'll come to the funeral, uh, but I'm probably not <laughs> going to make a speech because it's going to be a big anti Christopher Nolan rant <laughs> about how wrong you were. I will do that at your funeral that you have died upon the Dunkirk Hill. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's not very nice. Let's not talk about you dying in the middle of this podcast, shall we? Um, okay. All right, now that's fair enough. Well, I'll, I'll go on to one of my two. Uh, I, <laughs> I had Ferris Bueller's Day Off on, on my list oh. because when I was a kid and I saw that movie, I saw it in the cinemas and I wanted to be him so badly. I wanted to be that really popular, cool dude who just, you know, has an insane amount of luck, who can never do anything wrong and all that sort of stuff. And I did become him. So, <laughs> so no, I do. I do kind of feel like my my life does have a Ferris Bueller esque sort of amount of luck, where just you know nothing can go wrong, and you know, um, it's just all about having fun. And you know, it's like that whole stop and smell the flowers while you can philosophy and all that. And um, you definitely yeah. are the most positive person that I know. Exactly. There you go. Thank you. Again, I didn't want to talk about myself too much, so I'm glad that you said that. Uh, so, yeah, I, I did have that on my list until it got bumped off by probably blood-sucking freaks or something. What do you got next? Uh, Infection from 2004. It's a oh, yeah. Japanese horror film. Mm-hmm. Uh, the setting of, I think it's the hospitals closed down and there's just mm. like a few people left and then this mysterious patient turns up and then things happen and Mm -hmm. yeah I don't know there's just something about this film that I just absolutely love I think I came across it on one of my 31 days of horror times Mm -hmm. um actually I have the dvd so maybe I just picked it up blind during a sale or something and Mm -hmm. um yeah I don't know it's just a fun movie and I just feel like as far as kind of Japanese horror goes it's nice to visit one that's not one of the big ones that everyone knows okay that answered my next question because i was going to say why would you pick that one over you know your rings and two ones and one missed calls and things so yeah okay cool i I believe i'm pretty sure i own it um there's a lot of those films i've seen once and haven't revisited so yeah yeah i've seen it twice now and i found it just as enjoyable on the second watch Mm -hmm. even knowing what was going to happen um, well, one of the other ones that I had on my list, and it's, uh, again, this is because it was movies that I felt defined me. This is on there because other, from what other people have said, and I had bullet train on there for the mm-hmm. sole reason that three people told me that I reminded them of Brad Pitt's character, <laughs> Butterfly. Um, and at the time when someone said that to me, I was, cause I think we were walking out of the theater and, and one of my friends said, oh my God, you are so much like him. I was like, what? No, I'm not. I'm nothing like that character. And then I watched it again and I was like, 
oh my god, I actually do see a lot of myself in that character. Um, just that very laid back, nothing bothers him, you know, Zen like sort of attitude. And I was like, oh wow, yeah, that is me in a lot of ways. So, uh, so I did have that. Yeah, on my list. I didn't think about that, but now that you say it, yes, I definitely mm. see it. Also. Fun yeah. to have that on honorable mentions because it was one of the best movies of oh it was uh, yeah yeah so mm-hmm. but yeah it wasn't so much the film but just that character that I thought was relatable mm. but uh, yeah all right last okay two, so um, I'm glad I left these two till last because they're both movies mm-hmm. that you will be watching because they're both favorites of mine <laughs> that you need to see <laughs> um, the first one is Brain Scan. Which, oh, okay, um, yes. No, I do want to see Yes, that. which I've talked to you about a lot because fun mm-hmm. 90s movie, kind of virtual reality CD-ROM game. Yes, uh, Edward Furlong, who's just a, mm-hmm. a good guy to have in your 90s movies. Oh, and yeah. the other one, also from the 90s, is Cry Baby. Ah, yes, um, of course, which I haven't seen. fun John Waters musical film, rockabilly style, Johnny Depp. So mm-hmm. some really good songs in it and, mm-hmm. yeah, not much to say. You cool. will see. All right. Well, I will be happy to because, again, if you recommend it, I'll be happy to watch it. Mm. So, all right. Well, there you go. Those are films that define us and our tastes in films. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's all we got, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope you enjoy listening to our movies and we'll come back for our first actual episode where we – just discuss three and generally talk about hmm. a few more, probably. Yeah. And we'll also occasionally get into news, things that we find interesting and, yeah, whatnot. I'm sure there's going to be lots and lots of things to discuss. So, uh, yeah. So, yes, as Frankie mentioned, uh, so the next episode is going to be on January, uh, Friday, January the 5th um so yeah you can find us we're going to be all over the place this will be on youtube and stuff uh we're going with the um the handle of dan underscore and underscore frankie so yeah if you want to find us on twitter or facebook or youtube or wherever just go dan underscore and underscore frankie don't forget the underscores because you might find a different dan and frankie from another multiverse who are nowhere near as fun and entertaining as we are. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just talking a lot of shit. Get used to it, people. All right. Thank you very much for listening, and we will catch you on the next one. (laughs) 